The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So we're joined by Connor Creighton, who is a meditation teacher, but he has also written a book, The Truth About Love. Connor, thank you very much for joining us here. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Is this sort of a self-help book for finding love or loving yourself? What is it? That's a good question. Um, It it is a self-help book, definitely. And I think it's kind of one that stemmed or or sort of grew from my years of teaching meditation and working with people one-on-one, having conversations and realizing the one thing that everyone could do with a little bit more of is self-love. And so this book is kind of about how to generate self-love and then maybe how to reframe love in your life. Okay, well then define self-love for me. Yeah, well... Because there are some people who might think, I know there's a couple of cliches, you know, that you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Yeah. But isn't there a danger that if you emphasize self-love, that your selfishness comes into it, if you care only about yourself, that you might not care about others? Yeah, well, well, the interesting thing about that, well, this is, this is where I, I think my definition of self-love is simply this. It's any effort that you make towards your own growth. Now, so that's sort of, that, that basically means sort of saying yes to say things that like your dreams, saying yes to say, um, supporting yourself and then saying no to just kind of, um, situations that you might find negative, saying no to say people who are possibly bullying you and so on and so forth. So self-love is really just sort of getting right with yourself. And now the interesting thing about when you do love yourself, the, the natural thing or the natural sort of uh, outcome of that is that you begin to feel compassion. Like this is one of the kind of the very deep cliches of meditation as you begin to kind of develop love for yourself, that love can't be contained. And it ends up spilling out into other people around you. So I think the only risk of true self-love isn't that that you'll become selfish. It's that you will actually just start to be a more loving person in general. And more empathetic. And completely more empathetic. Like like if, if I talk about like my meditation, for example, I think the one great benefit that I've noticed from 10 years of meditating is that I'm a little bit nicer to be around. Do you know what I mean? Like the benefit is really for other people. I'm probably less, although all these radio shows are difficult, I'm probably less of an egomaniac, <laughs> probably a little bit like uh, less impatient and so on and so forth. So you become a nicer person and that, that in a way is how you share your love. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, well, I guess, um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I, I had a, a, a very typical kind of an Irish childhood, which was a mixture of love and chaos. And that kind of propelled me into teenage years and 20s of sort of, you know, depression, anxiety, some suicidal thoughts, a lot of dramatic relationships, um, probably some of the wrong drugs, luckily some of the right drugs. And then all of these things kind of brought me eventually to to meditation as a kind of a last resort. And I discovered that meditation was 
the only way for me to have a little reprieve from what was like the negative looping thoughts that I had in my head. I had a head full of judgment and self-judgment. Yeah, exactly. Well, the judgment went out as well. It wasn't just all contained to myself. Like it was. You were judging others as well. By totally. The same and I, I think this is the interesting thing is that kind of like so much of what we put out into the world, you know, some of the most aggressive, hateful people, like we know that that's the tip of the iceberg. So much of that hate is internalized as well. So much of that anger is internalized. And so the most judgmental people you meet are, are also highly self-judgmental. So all of this just led to meditation then. And then. Why meditation? How did you discover that? By chance. Um, I, I was, uh, engaged, had a wonderful partner, thought that this partner was the answer to all my problems. You know, finally, uh, love was cured for me. And, um, when we broke up, I had, I remember just having a panic attack. I couldn't get up off the floor. And, um, also remember that that morning Facebook had thrown an advert for Headspace up at me. And so I went and I tried Headspace and, uh, and, um, I, I, it worked. And so I listened to that first introductory meditation, I think about 50 times on that very first day. And, uh, despite the accent annoying me and everything, I, I kind of just used it over and over again. And then from there on, I was like, okay, maybe there's something in this. And then I just feel very lucky, Matt, that I somehow, um, continued, you know, something like allowed me to continue with it. And, um, and it, it kind of brought me to this stage, I guess. And you teach it now? Yeah, I teach it. Yeah. How do you teach meditation? Well, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting how you teach it. I think what you do is you, mostly what I feel that I do is I allay people's fears that they're getting it wrong. So I, I, one of the things that I encounter an awful lot is from people who come to meditation is that they say they can't meditate because they can't stop the thoughts, they can't sit still. And I feel that my real job as a meditation teacher is just to remind people that you're not going to stop the thoughts. It's never going to really become this very smooth thing. The nature of meditation is that um, you are just sitting there and observing whatever appears. And the reality of our minds is that most of the time what does appear is just like a dumpster fire of of thoughts and madness. But it's our way of not kind of, um, by not like clinging too much to what's appearing, by sort of observing it from this place of just a sort of a neutral spectator, which is very difficult because we're addicted to our thoughts. But by doing that, we manage to find some peace. How closely related do you think is it to prayer as people used to a much greater number practice in this country? And yeah, I'm not talking about yeah, going yeah. to religious ceremonies where everyone says the same prayers out loud together, but people who used to go into churches and silently say their prayers and contemplate for a while or who used to in previous generations, it's not very common now, but say their prayers before they went to bed at night. Totally, totally. And, and, and I, I think, I think they're so linked and I think they're so close. And I, I feel that prayer and meditation are very simply like kind of two roads that might lead to the same destination. The same place is probably, if you imagine, I guess the purpose of prayer was to feel some connection to something bigger than yourself, right? Was to feel, to kind of, perhaps open up to the mystery of life, the beauty of life, and get a little bit of relief from life. And meditation too is a way of 
um, connecting to the mystery of the world around us. It's also a way of connecting to like the deeper wisdom that's in ourselves. I think with prayer, you'd probably call that wisdom God's word, right? With meditation, we just, the word for it is, is panya. <laughs> it's a kind of a field of wisdom that exists inside ourselves whenever we become really present. Um, so I think they're both really, really connected. I think it's funny, like, uh, I often go up to Glendalock and, um, you know, St. Kevin's, uh, St. Kevin's bed, there's this cave on, uh, on one of the lakes and St. Kevin went there and he lived there for a long, long time. And I, I'm convinced that St. Kevin was just meditating. Do you know what I mean? That's, he was on retreat and he was meditating and it was a form of prayer for him. Um, has it allowed you to deal with your depression or do you still ever suffer from depression? Um, no, no, um, it's totally has. I think it's, um, it's been a great way of, um, cleaning up an awful lot of the depression I had and say the anxiety and then even just the negative thoughts that I had about myself and relationships too. It's been, for me, meditation has been a wonderful way of just connecting with my family again, connecting with friends again. How come? So... If meditation is a form of self-love, right? It's a way of like, like completing yourself. Okay. It's a way of like deeply connecting and healing the parts of yourself that are, are hurt. It means that you are, you go out into the world with less longing. So many of us are going around longing, you know, like we go home to our family and we're longing for some sort of a, a love that we maybe didn't get as a child. We go home to our partners and we're longing for them to say the things that we need to hear. So with meditation, you're learning to kind of become a little bit more self-sustainable in that regard. So I find that when I go home to my family, I'm just very happy to be there. I don't go there with this sense of like, I need my dad to tell me he's proud. I need my mother to tell me that I'm doing a good job. Uh, and in the same way in relationships, I, I know I'd like to think this is always the case, but it's, I, I like compliments as much as the next person. But you know, I, I would sort of, my, my relationship with a partner wouldn't be one of like, if they don't praise me on how I'm doing right now, I'm going to fall apart, which has often been my case in the past. And I think a lot of people's cases. Um, so, so meditation is just a way of really, bringing the sense of completion into yourself. Are you in a stronger relationship now? With myself, well, that's it. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been quite single for a while now. Um, mostly just because my, I spent most of my life um, looking for somebody else. And I guess in the last few years, I've become to just really, really just love my own time and my own company. And I'm kind of taking care of this at the moment I'm, I'm tr sort of trying to treat this as a precious thing and that makes you happy yeah Conor Creighton thank you for joining us The Truth About Love is the book The Last Word with Matt Cooper Today FM It all happens here